Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded May 30th, 2023. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. We've just published a new deep dive into the U.S. equity market outlook, digging into the S&P 500, stocks versus bonds, U.S. versus non-U.S. equities, growth versus value, and small cap. In today's podcast, which we consider to be part one of this big outlook update, we're going to be focusing on our S&P 500 forecasts. Two big things you need to know. First, we're lifting our year-end 2023 S&P 500 price target from 4100 to 4250 And second, we're lifting our 2023 S&P 500 EPS forecast to 213 from 200, while introducing our 2024 EPS forecast at 223. If you'd like to hear more, here's another six minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that if you found our work helpful this year, we'd appreciate your vote in the Institutional Investor All-America Research Survey in the Portfolio Strategy category. Voting is open now and expected to stay open through June 23rd. Now the details. Takeaway number one. We're lifting our year-end 2023 S&P 500 price target from 4100 to 4250, which represents our base case. Our target is roughly the average of six different economic, sentiment, valuation, political, and cross-asset models that we use. Our least constructive model sees the S&P flat for the year and coming in at 3,800, our bear case. Historically, the median return for the S&P is flat in years with 0-2% real GDP growth, which is in line with the current consensus forecast for 2023 of 1.1. Meanwhile, Our cross-asset models bake in the greater appeal of bonds relative to equities by examining how stocks perform when the dividend yield and earnings yield appeal of the U.S. equity market has turned low relative to 10-year treasuries. Those models argue that the S&P 500 deserves to end the year in the 4,000 to 4,100 area for low single-digit annual gains. Our sentiment, political, and valuation tests, however, are more constructive and suggest the S&P 500 could end the year much higher in the 4,400 to 4,600 range. They capture a few different ideas. One of these is that the stock market usually does very well in third years of a presidential cycle, rising more than 16% on average. Another idea these models capture is that U.S. equity market returns tend to be powerful when investor bearishness is as deep as it was to start the year and became again after the regional banking crisis. More specifically, when AAII net bullishness is at minus 10% in favor of the bears or more, as it was to start the year and still is today, the S&P 500 typically rallies 15% over the next 12 months. Other metrics we watch also point to peak fear having been seen among institutions. These include the Move Index, which looks at bond market volatility and hit LTCM highs earlier this year, as well as CFTC data on leveraged funds net short positioning in S&P 500 E-minis, which has also been extremely low. Our valuation test is the most bullish of them all, however, and suggests that moderating inflation and stabilizing interest rates could allow the trailing P.E. of the S&P 500 to move up to around 21.8 at year end. Coupled with our 213 EPS forecast for 2023, this model argues that the S&P could go as high as 4,600, even a little more. Looking beyond these models, our work points to other reasons to temper both optimism and pessimism. Those are too numerous to highlight in this podcast, 
even considering we're breaking it up into two parts. So we'll highlight two of our favorite charts, one bullish and one bearish. On the constructive side, one of the newer, more eye-catching charts we've published addresses the question of what tighter lending standards actually mean for stock market performance. We were surprised to find that since the GFC, the S&P 500 has actually tended to bottom before the peak in CNI lending standards. On the more cautious side, we'd also note that current stock market pricing appears to already bake in the concept of recovery in 2024 on both earnings and the labor market. As confidence in that 2024 recovery ebbs and flows, it's likely that we'll see S&P 500 performance do the same. Wrapping up with takeaway number two, we are lifting our 2023 S&P 500 EPS forecast to 213 from 200, while introducing our 2024 EPS forecast at 223. On our 2023 number, which is 213, the upward revisions versus 200, which was our prior forecast, comes mostly from ongoing efforts to fine-tune our margin assumptions, which came in better than we expected back in 1Q. We've also added some modest benefit from buybacks, though at a slower rate than what we've seen in recent quarters, and are baking in inflation that ramps down to the mid-3% range this year, along with industrial production and GDP that are weakest in the final two quarters of 2023. As a reminder, we use consensus forecasts as inputs for macro variables in our S&P 500 modeling, since we think that's ultimately what stocks are digesting and reacting to. We are still a little below the sell-side bottom-up consensus of 220 right now for 2023, but I wouldn't overthink this. Generally, what you need to know is that we're feeling better about the earnings backdrop. The rate of upward EPS estimate revisions for the S&P 500 has turned positive again. Bottom-up estimates tend to reflect reality by mid-year based on our study that looks at all earnings downgrade years going back to 2009, and stock prices were already baking in a very onerous earnings backdrop last year at the October lows. On our 2024 number of 223, we get asked about this in almost every meeting, which tells us investors are already looking ahead to 2024 and are less focused, frankly, on 2023. We view this forecast as very preliminary. It bakes in the idea that CPI will fall to about 2% at year in 2024. Real GDP and industrial production will recover in the back half of the year. Fed cuts will occur and 10-year yields will drift a bit lower again. Overall, this is what the consensus economic forecast is projecting, and our earnings forecast will continue to be revised as those projections evolve. That's all for now. Stay tuned for part two of our Outlook update and podcast form, where we'll run through our thoughts on positioning, including the large cap growth trade and small caps. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.